Welcome back to Beat the Good with Kate, the show that inspires each of us to see how we have the power to make a difference all around us. Each episode highlights an individual doing good in the world while following their passions, good for their own souls and for others. I get so excited about sharing each and every episode of Be The Good With You, and I hope you enjoy these people and stories. If you're new here, welcome, and if you are returning, thank you so much for your support. I'm so glad you found Be The Good With Kate and would love to hear from you. If you're finding value in these episodes, I invite you to share with someone who could also use this dose of good news, or tag me on social with your favorite quote from the episode. Every share, subscriber, review, and comment helps me to share these guests' wonderful work to more people. Thank you for your help in this. Now, onto this week's episode. Let's spread a little more goodness in the world. In taking classes over the years or observing workout videos, one major piece that is often missing, stressing safety and form. Additionally, group fitness classes are often marketed as being open to all levels, yet how often do instructors not give modifications nor progressions so that each participant truly can get what he or she needs out of the class? So that's why I created the 101 series, which take things back to basics with three separate courses, Bar 101, Pilates 101, and Hit 101, focusing on safety and efficiency so you can maximize your workouts, be confident when you step into a group fitness class or workout on your own, be strong in your execution of the most common exercises, and be proud of yourself for taking these huge steps forward on your health journey. Check it out at bebykate.com. The link is in the show notes. Welcome back to Be the Good with Kate. And I'm absolutely delighted to introduce you today to Remy Chakraborty. She is a leading expert in helping companies and individuals bridge traditional leadership with creative and emotional intelligence. A purpose driven serial entrepreneur, Remy finds success at the intersection of health, happiness, and balanced living. Remy holds an MBA from MIT Sloan, an engineering degree from UPenn and has nearly 25 years of training and experience in yoga, mindfulness, and energy healing. Remy provides leadership development consulting that focuses on whole person health, fostering enhanced employee engagement, morale, and general well-being. If that weren't all already fantastic enough, Remy lives in the Azores, Portugal at her Lodge and Learning Center, where she leads transformational retreats and leadership workshops. I am so excited to hear more. Remy, thanks for being here. Oh my gosh, Kate, thank you so much. What an honor to be here. Oh my gosh, believe me, it is my honor to have you here. I was telling Remy before we clicked record, I loved diving into just learning more about her and what she's doing. So please fill in the gaps for us all. Tell us more about who you are and what you do in your own words. Sure, thank you. Well, I can start with my name because I know it's a mouthful. And by the way, you pronounced it beautifully. So Rimi Chakraborty, my, my family's from India. So of course my name is Indian, but it is a mouthful. And I was Lisa on the playground until I was six. I hated my name. It was such a, you know, something that kids would make fun of or mispronounce. And lo and behold, my name has everything to do with why I'm here and my purpose, which, which we'll get to, I'm sure. And so I, as you said, I, I you know, went and got all these incredible degrees And growing up in an Indian family, my values were very much focused around success and going for the top and being the best at whatever it was, whether it was school, you know, grades, the best universities, the best jobs. And I did all that. However, you'd never believe that I almost got expelled as a teenager from my middle school because I was 
basically a gang leader and I was getting into all sorts of trouble. And that's something that's very much a part of, I think, why I was able to do what I've done. But I ended up after business school being in a job where I was really focused on doing the best for my clients. And unfortunately, I found that they cared about one thing and one thing only, profit. It was the only thing that they made decisions around, even though they said that they cared about all these other things, which they should. And we now know a lot of those uh, qualitative aspects are so critical to the bottom line. And I ended up meeting my husband, who's from the Azores, which is an archipelago in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, for anyone who's not heard of it. And he's from here. And after some existential conversations about what we wanted to do with our life, we ended up moving here, starting a business, which was a whole nother host of challenges, delays. We didn't get any funding for one. And we, we made it. And it was because we ran our business based on our values, which weren't just about profit. It wasn't just about how much money we were making. This was really a mission and purpose-driven business. And so then right before the pandemic, I remember writing a blog post about how our focus on the triple bottom line, you know, how focusing on the people and the planet and profits, of course, we had to make money and not lose money, but how that way of running our business had led to our success. And we were sold out for 2020. But of course, when the pandemic hit, we, you know, like everyone suffered, you know, we were closed for months, we were in lockdown, we didn't even know if we had a business. And that brought about a major pivot, which was going back to my old world, my old clients, and leading them in a way to manage their business that wasn't just about this one myopic lens. And that's what I'm doing today. I'm now guiding the leaders, the high performers, the powerful people that I define as being intelligent, having investment or influence how are we using that responsibility? It's not just about profit anymore. There's so much more to this that can be done. I've never actually heard that reference to the triple bottom line. And I really like that people, planet, profit. That's, yeah. that's great. And it, and it sticks with you. It's easy to remember. Great way to put it. And now, Remy, I have to go back. Where did you grow up? Where was middle school? So I, well, I spent a short period of time in Alabama, believe it or not, <laughs> until I was eight. <laughs> But then I spent the majority of my um, childhood in the Philadelphia area. Okay. Okay. So not too far. I'm in Midtown Manhattan here. So not too far away. Um, so you mentioned, and I read a little bit about this, but for the audience about middle school being kind of like a gang leader, and then yet somehow you went from there to MIT. So that <laughs> chunk of time, how did we get from A to B there? Yeah, great question. Um, so... So my parents were going through a really tough time in their marriage. And they, it, was, it was as if the dark periods of our lives intersected all at once. Because my parents are amazing. I love them and they're fantastic people. And actually being able to share this has brought us closer in, in looking back and really learning from what has happened. But at the time, it was really hard. And one of my parents fell into alcoholism and I was living with this parent. And basically I had free reign as a 12 year old to do whatever I wanted. And my other parent was absent from my life at the time. And so I had about a year, year and a half where I had no parents. I was just doing whatever I wanted. And so of course I was asking and calling and screaming for attention in all the wrong ways. I, as I mentioned, I joined a gang, which was ridiculous looking back on it, but 
it was a time where I think, you know, I believe we vibrate and we attract the experiences that are at our level of being. And I was in such a bad place and I was so just lost that I attracted other kind of delinquents, if you will. And I, I remember going to high, going to middle school, my eighth grade, every single day, we would smoke a joint on the way to school. I was high my entire eighth grade year, but yet I still somehow managed to get straight A's because that value of doing well in school was so instilled. And I guess in some ways it came, it came naturally. So it was a really rough time and it got pretty bad. I asked for, like I said, attention all the wrong ways. And I finally got their attention and then it was decided that I would go and move in with um, more of a stable home. So my dad and my stepmom, I would move in with them. And that was the first time I had support. And so I had support. And then I joined a sports team. I joined varsity soccer, which gave me a place to put all my intense energy. And I had a school that challenged me. I also, the, this transition, these three things happened at once, moving in with my dad, starting the sports team and starting a new high school, which was very academically rigorous and challenged me. I couldn't, I couldn't be high and get straight A's. I was struggling to get B's. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. Just how those, you said those three things all happening at once with the big catalyst. Amazing. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that as well. And now you've gone to MIT, UPenn, you've gone into this corporate world, you make the decision that you're not going to do it anymore. What was that like? Was it, was it an immediate aha moment? Was it a very long drawn out? I don't know what I'm going to do next. Uh, please expand on that. Yeah, yeah. It, it coincided with planning my wedding, which happened to be, <laughs> which happened to be a destination wedding we planned in the Azores. And so this is how it all started. We started, you know, we planned our wedding in the Azores and I came here in 2012 with my husband who had maintained a connection here. And it was on that trip that I was blown away. I mean, I had traveled to 40 some countries up to that point. I was world traveler, loved seeing the world and uh, was just blown away. And when we came back from planning the wedding trip where we, you know, officially decided where it was going to be, that's when we had these existential conversations around, well, what do we want to do with our lives and what's really important? Because I started to, or I should say my husband started to notice how often I was complaining about work and that it was meaningless, that I was tired of working, uh, burning both ends of the candle for clients who really didn't care about the things they said they cared about, really just wanted to know what ROI was. And he asked me, you know, so what is important to you? What is, what is it that really makes you happy? And that's when this conjunction of, okay, we just went to the Azores. It's this amazing place. And my aunt, Minu, had passed away. She was my dad's sister. And she had left me with her life insurance policy that I had just sort of kept aside as a, oh, I'll use this to buy our first home. And after Joao and I get married, we'll buy our first home with this. But what ended up happening is in that wedding planning, that turned into life planning. And what are our values? How do we want to live? If we bought a house, what kind of house and where? And then suddenly the idea of living in the Azores came up and living and leading and having a business in the Azores came very quickly. And um, and long story short, we had these Monday night planning sessions because Mondays were always the toughest if you're not someone who loves your job. 
and it gave me something to hold on to. And it took, it took two years to plan this whole thing. And ultimately we made the move and we named our business after my aunt Minu. We named the business Minu Vida. Vida means life. And Minu was my aunt. And it's all about following your dreams. I love that. And also I wanted to hone in on kind of a detail that was an umbrella detail, so to speak, that you and your husband talk about communication. I loved how you brought all of that in too. I think that so many people, it's it's not that where you're sitting down on Monday nights to discuss values and future planning. And it's kind of more of a, I mean, maybe saying fly by the seat of your pants is a little too casual, but you know, a little <laughs> more on that side of things. So I love how you were so intentional with your conversations and long-term planning, like you said, that is really cool. Like right mm -hmm. from day one there. Oh yeah. Thanks. It's, I mean, I guess some people have their hobbies and they find purpose and meaning in their hobbies or, or in their families. And, and we chose not to have kids, for example, we didn't know it then, but we were both, we are both very motivated by our contribution to the world. And so I think that that's how those conversations started. We, both of us are very service oriented and yeah, when we would get together and just talk about our days, I mean, he was an incredible mirror to me about how often I was unhappy and, and he'd known me long enough to see me through, you know, what was on paper, an amazing job. I was making my, on my way to making partner at the firm. And so there was a real irony and, and, oh, I'm going to make partner. And it was an amazing firm. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a job anyone would love to have, but yeah, him being that mirror and then us having those open lines of communication were, were, were and continue to be really important, especially running a business with your spouse. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. Right. All day, every day together somehow. So now speaking of the business, this, I mean, everyone, after you listen to this, you need to go onto the website and it'll all be in the show notes. You're going to want to go there ASAP once you start reading about it and looking <laughs> at the photos and videos. Can you tell us more now? Like I call these good news moments. So people you've worked with opening up the lodge, anything you want to share there? Yeah. Um, well, I would say, you know, the best good news came it was essentially this new business that came out of the pandemic. And the story is a really, really good one. Um, and it's very much where I'm focused now. Essentially, this woman, Samantha Anderson, who's now my co-founder and of the book I'm writing as well, she came as a guest to Minuvita just for vacation with her husband. And her husband's also an amazing author, Scott Edward Anderson, and he has roots in the Azores. And so they started coming back more often to do, um, basically to dive into his ancestral roots. And in that process, Samantha and I got to know each other's work. And we thought, hey, wow, let's bring together your functional medicine wisdom with what I bring with yoga and all of the different areas that I worked in to have a retreat. And that was scheduled for 2020 in April. Now, of course, the pandemic put a big wrench into our plans. But what was incredible, what happened was that both of us being coaches and being space holders for other people didn't have a place to really be honest with ourselves until we started connecting weekly under the guise of retreat planning. And we kept pushing out, a out the retreat, kept pushing it you know, a month back, uh, six months out, et cetera. And on these weekly calls, she and I started to be really honest with ourselves and each other about how hard it was. 
And it was the only place that I could share that I was falling apart. You know, here I was holding it together for everyone, holding it together for our team, you know, being someone who was, you know, one, we had put our whole life savings into the business and we didn't get any funding and that's a whole nother thing. And then now all the eggs we put into the one basket of our business was tanking and we didn't even know if we had a business. Samantha and her husband were facing very similar challenges with the things that they were doing. And it was the only place we could really talk about it. And it was in those calls that we realized that there's another way to succeed. And there's another way, there's something more than being resilient, which is what everyone had been telling us and was a buzzword at that time. I don't know if you remember, it was like, be resilient, just stretch yourself a little further. You got it. <laughs> yep, you bet. <laughs> and now how did, because the, the book title is Root Resilience, right? Yes. Yeah. So how yes. did we bridge that to go from resilience to root resilience? Yeah. So we, so it was on a call that Samantha just blurted out. She's like, I'm tired of being told to be resilient. I want to be root resilient. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason where that came from was that, so we both realized we're both educated on the chakra system. And I mentioned that I lied about my name, but that it has everything to do with what I'm doing now. So Rimi Chakraborty has chakra, which is, which means wheel or disc of energy in Sanskrit. And both Samantha and I were really focusing on the chakras as a way that we shared was helping us, her with the foods and the herbs and me with the practices and the different mantras or sounds or movements or tools through movement that we can use to balance different energy centers. And so our whole approach was that we're unrooted. We don't have a connection to our root chakra, which is all about security, knowing that you have enough financially, most of all, your tribe, having your tribe of people, like your family, your community, knowing that you're connected, which was taken away for everyone during the pandemic. And it's our connection to the earth, which so many of us have lost and continued to lose as we were just talking heads on a screen. We didn't have this tactile, tangible sense of feet on the ground. Who am I? Okay, I'm part of this. And maybe some of us for the first time when the whole world was in lockdown started to realize that, oh my gosh, the dolphins are on the Venetian canal and there's, there's earth alive and coming back. And yes, we're a part of it. And so this was our way into our roots. It was going from the top down, which is different than traditional models of the chakras that go from the bottom up. Oh, I love this. And Going along with that, you mentioned some of the mantras. Is there anything, I know movement is a huge aspect, but is there anything that you find helpful to say to yourself when things get challenging? Um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, well, I would say the biggest one for me is that everything is connected. And, you know, as I mentioned before, I believe that we vibrate at a frequency of what we're attracting and in no way do I want anyone to walk away thinking that the bad things that have happened to them were their fault, but rather how can we learn from what has happened? What lesson did it teach us? And that connection between our experiences, our purpose, why we're here and how we can show up to really share our gifts. And you have been absolutely an example of sharing your gifts. Now you had mentioned during the height of the pandemic where it felt like the business was tanking. So now you're at a place where there's multiple retreats happening this year. You're working with clients. 
what paint the picture of your days now. Yeah, yeah. So incredibly, it's been a, a major transition. My husband is now running our Lodge and Learning Center for independent travelers, which is great. So if anyone wants to come, you can you can book on our on our website and come visit. And we have a really unique approach to exploring and elevating consciousness through travel. And then my role now, so I am working with leaders, as I mentioned, the really powerful ones, the ones that are intelligent, have influence or investment, and that's what makes them powerful to elevate consciousness, but through understanding that what's good for us individually, there's more than just our self-aggrandizement, or there's more than just our own success. You know, there's so much more. It's like that triple bottom line concept. And so I'm working with leaders online through courses. Rootzillience is a book that's coming out this October, and there's a number of online workshops and events that we're doing leading up to that and after that. And also through one-to-one executive leadership consulting, where I work to integrate both the traditional leadership tools, like the business stuff that I learned and that I was good at, and now having run several businesses, along with the creative and emotional intelligence, which is the somatic experience, the body wisdom that is often disconnected from a lot of the leadership trainings I see. Oh, wow, that's amazing. How I One more question before our last question, but I really want to dive into this a little bit more. How did you decide where, what's my question here? So you mentioned like, it's so different from the kind of typical stereotypical leadership training that's out there. How did you identify this is what's missing to mm. make that a part of your training? That's a good question. I think it's what worked for me. So I, I started yoga as a physical practice when I was in high school. Uh, actually, it was my dad that introduced me to yoga. And it always was my go-to whenever I had like a crisis, which we have many of, a, of in our 20s and, you know, broken or failed relationships or, you know, didn't get the job you wanted or whatnot. And I think it was really natural for me to, well, I, I consider myself an empath. You know, many people talk about being empathic and I can literally feel what other people are feeling. And I didn't understand that for a long time and, and, and have learned tools and have practiced and created my own tools that work for me. And so it came very naturally when I started to work with people, especially one-on-one, that I could feel what was going on for them. And I was able to recognize that, okay, that's not mine. And so now how do I get them to feel it? Because I don't want to just say to someone, you have a throat chakra issue, or I can feel that you're imbalanced in your whatever, you know? So, so how can I help them have the same wisdom that I was experiencing? And that happened through guide, simple things, you know, you don't have to get up and do a 45 minute or an hour long yoga class, just simple breathing, simple, simple tapping, even and awareness directed in certain places in the body can be everything and has been everything in my teaching. Excellent. And some great thoughts for people to start to marinate on, to see how they can incorporate that to their own lives. So Remy, last question that I ask everyone, if someone came to you and said, you know, I see what a difference you're making. I want to do it in my own life, but I don't even know where to begin. Is there any advice you'd give them? Mm, that's such a great question. Yeah, I would, I would ask them to think about what is important to them. What are their values? Because many of us don't know our values. We don't know them because we just 
we're just acting or reacting in the world rather than looking at, well, where do I spend my time and where do I spend my money? That's a really important way to look at what's important. And then in conjunction with that, looking at what is success? What does success really mean? Is it making money? Okay, how much is enough? Can you define an upper limit or a range so that once you get there, then, okay, yes, what about health? and happiness and partnership and family and all those other things, what is success? So when you look at your values and when you start to look at, do I want to live by those values? Because most people, you know, like I said, they don't know until they look. And then how does that help to align with and build a foundation for what success can really be? And that's where I would tell someone to go. Excellent. Rivi, thank you so much. And please tell everybody where they can find you online. And this will be in the show notes as well. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Kate. Well, so my website is rimichakra.com and then rootzillions and all the rootzillion stuff is linked to my website now because it's my big, exciting rah-rah <laughs> project. It's rootzillions.com. So like resilience, but rootzillions.com. Fantastic. Remy, oh, keep being amazing. I hope that everyone listening gets to join you and your husband at some point in the Azores as well. Thank you for your time. I definitely hope to see you here soon. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Be the Good with Kate Cherichello. Whether you're listening on YouTube or via podcast, it would mean the world if you liked, subscribed, and or left a review. You heard about the good? Now go out and be the good in your life this week. If you have stories of good news that need to be shared, please send me a message. Thanks again and have a great week.